I take comfort in the fact that we can come to the club. You just brought up Grace, so I'm going to talk about talk about it. And I'm like, I've got to get up there and talk about how God get how God good. So there's a formula for pra- for investing because if goodness isn't ready, Eddie. Words are hard. Uh, that was a piece that supa- surpassed words. It didn't make any sense. That it's, um, well, what was it about the self? Goodness is a lack of self-centeredness. Lack of self-centeredness, yeah. Um, well, I just completely lost what <laughs> I was going to say. I can't, I can't talk. I cannot I can't, talk. I can't. What's up, guys? This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. I am your host, Alton Lockett. And as you can tell, I cannot talk. Thank you, David, for uh, that soundbite. Always. Me. Always. I've, yeah. It didn't take long to find them, either. Yeah. I'm sure they're in every <laughs> single episode. Not every single one, but... Not every single one? Most. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is me. Take it or leave it. <laughs> but I'm Dalton Lock. That's David Overstreet, of course. Yay. This is Whitney Williamson. Yay. Hey. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And today, we are going to be reminiscing on our friendships. We're going to be talking about friendships and all that good stuff. And I'm really digging this music that you got going on, David. Oh, yeah. It fit fit the soundbite pretty well. It did. It did. I feel like I'm in the Three Stooges. Yeah. Studio. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Probably about when it was recorded, too. <laughs> but yeah, it, it kind of feels like our friendship, you know? Yeah. Like we're all always just bonking each other on the head. And, yeah. You know? Uh, or throwing bonk. cupcakes at people's throwing faces. Throwing cupcakes at people's faces. Or footballs. Or footballs. Oh, or footballs. Or yeah. frisbees. Yeah, stuttering over our words. Stuttering yeah, over our that, words. That's just me. But. Stut, stut, stut. I know I here, here lately, though, Whitney's been doing it, too. She, oh, like, I got one. Off on her. I've got one of all three of us. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I'm going to wait and play those <laughs> later. But I've got one of all three of us. Whitney is so offended that I remembered <laughs> that she stutters over her words sometimes. <laughs> Hers are funnier because, like, Whitney, like, is so well-spoken. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you're like, whoa. Words are hard sometimes. Break the continuity there. Yeah. Be like, where is Bruce at? Because, you know, Bruce Almighty. Mm-hmm. And he, like, gets Steve Carell to... Oh. <laughs> 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 he has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Have you not seen... Is it Bruce Almighty? Or it's Evan Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty, yeah. Oh, man. No, she hasn't seen it. Mm. I have, I think. Well, we asked you and you did not respond, so... <laughs> If you, you <laughs> if you saw like a clip from it, you would know like wh- immediately. Oh, that's that movie, yeah, for sure. Maybe it was Evan Almighty. Yeah, Evan Almighty is the one. Steve Carell, he's the main character building the ark. Yeah, so he becomes Noah. Mm. So, talking about friendships this episode, um, I think most of the listeners know how we all met, but, um, like. Let's give them a quick refresher of how we all met real quick. Sure. So Dalton and I met back when we were youngins. Youngins. Growing up, we went to the same church, youth group. Yeah. It was right around first grade. Yeah, first grade. Um, Went through most of the youth group together. Around our senior year, I guess, we kind of lost touch. Yeah. And then um, reconnected here 26. I can't even remember, 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. Yeah, 2016, I'd 2016. say. 2016. And, uh, yeah, 
we moved into this house with one of our other friends probably two years ago, almost two years ago now. Almost two years ago, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't believe it's been that long. And that means that we've known Whitney for three years. Already? Was it three? Oh, yeah, because we met Whitney when I was living at Arborbrook. Yeah. Yeah. And I had just moved into Jeff and Anna's. Yeah. Did you, you met Whitney separately, right? You met her before I did, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I met you through London at a, a game, game night. night. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, she she wasn't her spicy self. Yeah. Was she competitive that night? She was competitive, but she wasn't really her spicy self. She she had some smack talk going on, but mm. like she was, I don't know, she's cool to be around. She's not anymore, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I met you at that game night. And then um, that's actually the same night that I thought that London hated my guts. We have really? our fr- we have this fr- mutual friend London. All three oh. of us do, um, and I hadn't really like been around London a whole lot, mm-hmm. but just kind of like in the same circle kind of thing. Right. And we were playing like Spicy Uno mm-hmm. or something. And for those of you who don't know what Spicy Uno is, it's basically just Uno with a bunch of like just random rules. Like you can't talk, or you gotta pass your hand around to somebody else. Um, but it gets really competitive once everybody knows the rules. Mm-hmm. And I still did not understand the rules. <laughs> and um, London like was acting so annoyed when we were playing this game. And I left that night and I was like convinced that she hated my guts. I was, so I was like, st- <laughs> but I like, I went to the car and I was like, God, I know this is just my anxiety. I can't get caught up in this <laughs> and all this stuff. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And then I met Whitney. At London's birthday. At her birthday. Yeah. And one of the first things that Whitney said to me, I'll never forget it. Oh, please don't. Why? It was, it was classic. I'm not heard about it anymore. Anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, I think I asked you to pass the salt or something. And you were like, that's the only seasoning you'll have in your, or that's the only spice you'll have in your life. And I was like, so nice to meet you. <laughs> So nice. What'd you say your name was again? I didn't. I didn't catch it. <laughs> but no, from that moment on, it was Teletubbies, you know, yeah. type of friendship. Yeah, all the way, all the way. And the sun came out, and all was good. So the baby sun came out, and the the vacuum, you know, the vacuum from the Teletubbies was rolling <laughs> around, and oh I don't know. What, that's the only thing I remember. I remember the sunshine. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, that vacuum was legendary, dude. Mm. Legendary vacuum, Teletubbies. But um, now that we've kind of explained our backstory, well, let's let's Whitney, let's allow Whitney to, you know, share her oh. experience with so meeting I us. I thought that completed <laughs> how we all met each other. I mean, it it kind of did. So yeah, I met them. Um, I met Dalton at this game night, and he seemed like a cool person. But you know, I'm pretty guarded. And uh, honestly, if you're okay with me sharing this, I was gonna save it for the the next the relationships episode. Mm, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll add that in on the next one. Anyway, we're just going to say Dalton reached out to me, and I was like, eh. And, um, <laughs> it wasn't in that sense, oh, though. Oh, man. No, well, I didn't know, because honestly, I've, I've just, you know, we all can have a sad story if we want to. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, I just, I didn't know. Yeah. But he seemed really cool at the game night and stuff like that. And then David came to London's birthday. She was a newer friend that I had met in that season through somebody else. And she's very good at including people and inviting them just into her life at any point. 
Um, she's very good at reaching out and maintaining friendships. And so that kind of was the common denominator that really God used to bring us all together as friends. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, yeah. we had no idea we would end up getting the privilege to do this podcast. And yeah. it has been a huge blessing being friends with both of you guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so so sweet. <laughs> Whitney. I wasn't prepared for this. No, but I don't think real. we can record today. This is too sad. <laughs> um, but honestly, you guys. Mascara is running. <laughs> or number one, very extra. <laughs> <laughs> But number two, you guys have blessed my life in a huge way because through doing this uh, podcast together, I think we have all grown individually and we have grown together as a team. Um, It's been a challenge and it's really held us accountable to what we say we believe. Mm -hmm. But also you guys have given such a good standard and a good godly example of what a Christian guy should be like. And um, I just have mad respect for you guys and y'all have been a, a consistent friendship. And so I'm just really thankful for you. I, I could say the same for you. Not a good Christian guy example, obviously. <laughs> but um, no confusion I, there. I hear all the time from people that listen to the podcast, like talking about you and Corianne, which, by the way, guys, we don't have Corianne on yeah. with us. Oh, today. No. I was wondering how we were going to segue that in. Yeah, um, she is in Cali this visiting week. Visiting her family. Yeah, visiting her family. So we'll have her back on the next uh, series. Um, but She's uh, not a friend. She's not a friend. She's not included in the friendship episodes. Um, <laughs> she's definitely my friend, so y'all no, get in trouble on your own. <laughs> no, nah, we love Corianne. Um, we love you, Corianne. Yeah, if, you can, if you're listening, <laughs> we love you. Um, but everyone that's listened to the podcast, especially women, talk to me, and they're like, those girls that you have on the podcast are, like, really knowledgeable, and they're really, like, good, godly women. And, like, I'm so glad that you included them on there. And I'm like, they're just always in awe at what you guys bring to the table. And that's partly why I asked you to come on the podcast when we were starting out, because I knew you already were that example to me. <coughs> and so I just, I wanted other listeners to experience that from both you and Corey Ann. So the mad respect is reflected. <laughs> I don't respect you at all. <laughs> yeah, I know. In fact, I just lost respect for you. It just happened. Um, no, Whit- Whitney and I were, uh, we were, um, putting some ideas together for the podcast a few weeks back. And we kind of had this like very conversation with the, with the, this very conversation with each other. Is that, is that the sentence? This, this, yeah, this very conversation. Yeah. Was, was had, was had between her and I. Yes. And, uh, it was, it was, it was a pretty good day. Man trying not to become another segment. (laughs) (laughs) I think it already has. Yeah, it is now. (laughs) Um, but no, uh, you're right. We did kind of like bring it full circle talking about how we like met each other and stuff, but I wanted Whitney's perspective and all that yeah. stuff. So here we are. We have it. Here we are. And now you can be quiet for the rest of the episode. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, no, we wanted to come on here and do a refresher. I was having a conversation probably a little over a month ago with a mutual friend And we were just talking about how to steward your friendships and what that looks like and how to have godly friendships with loving people well, but also, you know, having guard over your heart and, and being able to, um, have influence and, and bring positivity to the table without being negatively influenced by those same friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just kind of wanted to share that with you guys because I didn't realize how many people haven't, you know, figured out what was shared with me in that. And I feel like it really helped. So I would just wanted to share that with, with you guys. Yeah. Um, I guess we can kind of start out on this path. Like 
what do you think is the difference between maybe relationships that you have with people like in high school and relationships that we just described that we have? Like, what do you think is the biggest difference in those? The biggest difference is the, like basically kind of what you desire in the friendship. So in high school, you want friends that approve of everything that you do, um, encourage you on what you want and kind of like cater to those emotions almost. Mm -hmm. But what you really need and that you find that you desire in adulthood is that you want friends that are going to hold you accountable, that are going to speak truth into your life and that are going to love you through those hard times. And they're not always going to agree with everything that you do. Yeah. But you know, when they come to you, it's out of the fact that they love you and you give them permission to, to speak into your life and right. to add value to you. Um, I think that's the huge difference between high school friendships and then what we find we actually desire mm-hmm. as an adult. Absolutely. But you don't. Yeah, I'm pretty much at the same mindset. Um, I would just re- be reiterating what Whitney said if I tried to come up with anything else. Yeah, I um, think, yeah, accountability is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you just also you find that you mature in a way like in a different way when you have those kinds of friends, like you've heard the saying like the five closest people are like, you're a sum of those people. That's so true. Um, Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about the relationship side of that next episode. But as far as the friendship side of that, it's like, I mean, you know, whatever those people are doing, you're even though if you don't do it like you're more inclined to do it you're putting yourself in more like situations where you could do those things maybe you're uncomfortable with that's why it's so important to like have friends who believe in the word because automatically you have something in common right like if you go um to a small group which is kind of how i started on the path i'm on now towards towards god um is being invited to a small group and it was jeff and anna's small group was the first one I went to and automatically it was just, it was freeing because everyone there had one thing in common that they love God. And it's, it's automatically a talking point. And it's like that layer of ice is broken when you have that in common. And so, you know, having that faith um, in common with your friends is very important. You don't always have to have that. um, But I think that it's very important um, to have that, but yeah, that's, that's what I would say is the biggest difference, honestly. And for me, like, I mean, I've told you guys kind of this testimony over and over again. If you've listened to the podcast, you, you know this, but reiterate one more time. Um, back in 2018, like I was in a very, very dark place. Like I didn't have any friends. I lived alone. Um, I wasn't set to graduate anything of importance. Um, anytime soon all my friends were walking across the stage getting diplomas and it was just a very lonely time um at that point I honestly I could say Dalton was like my only friend at that point um and it was just a really bad time um but we mentioned you know like Dalton invited me to the small group he invited uh, London we mentioned her she got me involved in a lot of stuff and like I've told her this but you know I'm, I'm grateful to her for that period because like no matter what happens like that period of my life, if I didn't have those friends at that time, I would not be where I'm at. Like I wouldn't have got my diploma. I wouldn't have, we wouldn't have started this podcast. I firmly believe that, um, nothing, a lot of things that have happened over the past two years wouldn't have had the opportunity to happen. And it's because I prayed to God specifically for community. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he answered that prayer in a big way. Um, but he, he wanted me to trust him and he wanted me to take the step first. Um, and I think, you know, being invited to that small group was kind of him saying, okay, here's the door, walk through it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of my testimony and how community is just so, so important, especially if you find yourself, um, in a part of your life where you're, you're feeling like you're distant from God. Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, thinking back on the time when you started visiting that small group and you were in that just season of life, um, it was night and day because, uh, the difference between like where you were before and then where you were after God kind of intervened and put these people in your life. Um, so I, I just remember there was one night that like I came by you and, um, your ex was there and like, we were kind of just hanging out and everything, but you just didn't seem happy. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you were just, you were going through the motions yeah. type of thing. Um, but then like, in contrast to that, there was after you had met London and a few other friends at that small group, we decided that, um, and of course it was London who kind of facilitated this again, but it was like, let's do a birthday party for David. Mm -hmm. And so on your birthday, that Saturday night, we're like building a gingerbread house. Yeah. I I just remember thinking in your apartment. I just remember thinking like, like, no one would do this to me in my life or to not to me <laughs> what? for me for me. No one would do this for me. Like, I don't even think my girlfriend at the time would have done that for me. Like yeah. it was, I don't even think my family at the time would have done that for me, but it was just so inviting and yeah. so refreshing to have people that cared and genuinely cared. Um, yeah. That season of life was just nine day, as you said. Yeah. So, and it was really the same for me. I mean, it was like in the valley of the shadow of death mm-hmm. one week, and then all of a sudden I am surrounded by community that actually cares and that like has been through their own struggles or hasn't been through their own struggles, but they've learned through observing other people. Um, and it was all God. Yeah. It was just divine intervention. and. Yeah. Um, for, we are we are not meant to live alone. We're not. <laughs> and that's the first time that God said it's not good, and he said it's not good that man should be alone. Yeah. Um, the relationships that you choose to have, they can make or break you. They can cast vision, and they can inspire faith, or they can bring you down, and they can hinder the call that God's placed on your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to start to navigate towards this direction, but... I didn't know for a long time that there was different types of friendships that I could have. So I process a lot of things externally. And for me, it's hard not to continue to talk about what's on my mind. Um, But there comes a point that sometimes that's not the solution. And I would get my heart really hurt because I would just be very, like, frank, very honest from day one, share my heart with anybody, whatever, because I wanted the open door of communication with people. But not everybody wants to know about you. Most people just want to be seen themselves. And so I would get my heart really hurt in some of these friendships because they would be a friend to your face. But then when you're not in the room, they weren't really your friend. Yeah. And so, um, and I'm so thankful for God. 
he's just placed such amazing people in my life. Um, but I have a friend named Chandra and she's poured a lot into my life. And at the time I went to her and I was like, Hey, I'm trying to spend time with this girl, but I hear that this is going on and my heart's really hurt right now because I care a lot. How should I approach this? I don't know what to do. And she said, well, how does Jesus have relationships? And I was like, oh man, I don't, (laughs) he just loves people. And she's like, yeah, she was like, however, Jesus had the father always pouring into him. He always went to the Lord. And she was like, then he had, you know, two or three people that were actually close with him throughout the the whole thing. And then he had his 12 and then you had the crowd. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you're having these friendships and God sends these people into your life, you need to be able to discern and ask for wisdom as to what type of friendship that's going to be. And that's going to help you to guard your heart and not going in with an expectation that you're going to receive something, but maybe you're just meant to give something. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I have two people probably that are way further along in their walk with Jesus than me. And I will go to them and I'll be like, Hey, what do you think about this? Will you pray with me? Will you believe God with me? And I'll tell them what I struggle with mm-hmm. and I have accountability then I have reciprocating friendships like you guys um, and Chandra and Bria like that I can go to that are going to be honest with me. And maybe one of us is a little bit further ahead in an area, but we're co-laboring and we're walking together mm-hmm. and we're on the same path. And then I have friendships with people that maybe they're not there yet with Jesus, but I love them so deeply. But I can't entrust them with things that I struggle with because they – they need me to be there for them. That is not a place that I can entrust the things of my heart with yet. Yeah. And so those relationships, I'm solely there to invest in them. What do you need? How is your week? What can I do for you? That is, that's awesome. I, I never thought of it that way. Like there's relationships where you give and then there's relationships you don't expect to receive, but you do receive more. Um, and I can definitely see that point of, you know, I had a friend in high, in high school, yeah. When I went to Kroger, who literally there was one period of my life where I thought something was like wrong with me, like medically at that time. And we just prayed together and we had God in common and we weren't really close. Otherwise, we just kind of talked about God. Um, and we prayed together before I went to see what was going on with me and it ended up being okay. And I haven't seen much of him since then, but I think that that was a friendship where he was meant to give to me. And I feel like there are some friendships that I have where I've given more than I've received. Um, but I guess like, what was my question from earlier? I was going to ask you guys, like, do you think that even if, a friend like do you believe that you always have to be in close vicinity to someone to maintain a strong friendship see i mean because we like we talk about this sometimes like you know dalton and i and eric live in this house right now at the end of this lease i mean we're all going to go our separate ways that doesn't mean that we lose connection but it's not as easy to reach out anymore or not easy not as easy to connect anymore do you guys think that that strain is necessary for a friendship or like how do you think that affects the dynamic of a friendship like distance physical distance i think any sort of strain or um tribulation that comes into a friendship is necessary for it 
necessary for growth. Um, because with anything, you can kind of become disassociated when it's a part of your everyday life. And so, I mean, like there are plenty of days where we're in the house together, but we don't really speak or see each other because we're both doing our own thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think that like it, anything, any of any tribulation that comes into a friendship, I don't think it's bad. It's an opportunity for growth mm-hmm. personally, like individually and for the friendship. Um, because that just brings you closer together once you get over it and you not get over it, but once you work through it. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've got plenty of friendships. Like I've got a friend that has lived in Alabama since we graduated and I see her once a year. It's been two years since I've seen her now, Yeah. but we're still extremely close. Yeah. Um, anytime that we talk, it's like we haven't spent a day apart and it's the same with my friend Zach in Ohio. Um, and then I've got a friend in Georgia as well. Like it's yes, the friendship looks different now, but the connection is still there. And so like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's opportunity for growth. Um, and it's also just a sign that you're getting older and that you're pursuing what you have to pursue and they're doing the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, I think that quality time is definitely high up on the list for me. There are people that are friends that I would mu- – it's so easy for me to give quality time to and that I want to give quality time to. In the case of moving, sometimes there's just appointed seasons, and that doesn't mean that there's lack of love or lack of trust. And the, like he said, the more that you endure together and the more that you co-labor with somebody, the stronger the bond. Yeah. You know, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, mm-hmm. you know, and a, a cord of three strands isn't easily broken. And so I think that there is unity in that, but there's also purpose. And when God calls you to another season, that maybe you're meant to give more quality time to another friend or to a new friend. Um, but I don't think that harms your previous friendship. I think it's just the appointed time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and seasons shift and seasons change and, you get to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, this is kind of like, it's different from the term friendship, but you, okay. You're talking about having people who pour into you, yeah. but you don't really reciprocate it because they're further along. Um, mostly you don't reciprocate. Um, I had a counselor, a b- biblical counselor that I was like, that I adored because he was so mature in his faith and he knew so much and I was getting so much from him when I was going to see him on a weekly basis. And like, I'm going to let y'all in a little bit. (laughs) Um, So since my father passed away, I have really struggled with having, not having a father figure in my life. It's really bothered me. Um, And, I find myself getting attached to older men because I see them as a father figure spiritually. And so it like, it almost hurts when that season is over with and like they are moving on and I'm moving on. Um, And so that like, that kind of hurt when I lost that biblical counselor because he had to move on to other people who needed help. Um, And then I kind of like felt that way about Steven, my pastor 
he and I became really close. And then, you know, the season changed and he had to um, do what was necessary for his family, for his ministry and for the church. And, um, and so that meant that we weren't able to meet as much as we were. And so today, like we just got lunch and it was fantastic. Like I enjoyed being able to catch up with him and stuff. Um, but now like I've been having to actually talk to my stepfather here lately. And, you know, last week I was praying about this type of issue and, um, I'm realizing that my stepfather is more equipped to be a father now to me spiritually than before. And so like, it's, we're finally in that season where, you know, yeah. um, All that to say though, is that friends come and go, mentors come and go, but it's all for a season. It's all for what you need in that moment or for what they need in that moment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm glad you touched on family too, because family, they're supposed to be your best friends. Like your family is supposed to be your go-to. Um, and I know not everyone has a good relationship with their family or not everyone physically has family around them. Um, but like in some ways, like with my mom, like as soon as I moved out, it's kind of switched from you're my mother to like, we're friends. Like we talk. Um, and like, I've always kind of admired that about my mom. Like she's, she asks about more than just, the simple stuff now. Um, and you know, I personally don't have that kind of friendship with my father, but he's not that kind of man. Like, and I've kind of accepted that, but, um, it, it is so important to have your family also connected with your life as far as, as friendships go, because th- you need those mentors in your life. Even if it's not your family, even if it is a pastor or, um, a mentor, counselor, whatever it may be, you do need those people in your life to, to lead you. It's all about where you're being led, um, towards Christ. So, um, kind of wrapping up, I know we're getting close to time here, uh, but I wanted to hit this before we closed out. So we talked about building friendships. We talked about maintaining, and we talked about what a good friendship looks like. This is something I've always kind of pondered about. Like, what do you guys think about friendships that maybe aren't yielding any sort of fruit in your life and you may have to cut it off, cut it off. Like how do you guys go about that? What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, things like that, the kind of marker for me is, um, there, there's just a few contributing factors that are really on my heart about that topic because I think that if it's negatively influencing you in your walk with God, I think that you might need to step away from it, but I wouldn't do anything without praying about it first and making sure that you have the peace that you need and maybe praying for other laborers to cross their path that will enter into right relationship with them as well, like not just you. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I, I don't believe in easily giving up on people, and that is much harder <laughs> said than done. Much harder done than said. <laughs> Easier said than done. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Words are hard. <laughs> but part of me is just like, man, I just want to believe the best of people. And I, I know that they can get there. And I see what God put on the inside of them. And I'm like, man, I want you to see it too. And it's just casting that vision and encouraging life in them. Because with people like that, you almost have to put in double the work. And you really have to be on your 
your face in prayer about it for it to have the amount of impact that it needs to. But also you need to know that's a friendship that God appointed you to. Because if he appointed you to it, he'll equip you for the call. If you're just doing it out of pity or if you're just doing it because you feel like, you know, whatever, and it's not something he's equipped you to do, it's not really going to last and it's actually, you know, it'll bring, it'll, it can bring strife. Um, but when he's graced you for a friendship like that, he will equip you and he will give you the words to say. Now those friendships, I will personally tell you guys, I don't give a lot of my time my quality time to those friendships, but I do check in. I do pray for them. Um, and I care a lot about them. And at first I'll spend some time yep. with them and get to know them and, and invest in them. But if there's not being fruit produced at that point, you have to earn my time. Right. So just quickly piggybacking, you said earlier, um, that there are relationships that you feel more that you have to invest in than you receive. So where is the, is that the contributing factor right there? Like, whether you may have to cut that off or whether you're just, that's just another relationship where you're giving more the fruit. Is that the, the aspect that kind of differentiates the two or like, how do you separate those two? Like relationships where oh this, uh, this isn't beneficial. I need to cut it off or relationships that are may not be beneficial, but you, you were called to give in those relationships instead of receive. See I what I'm saying? Yes. I think that it's, it's, fairly easier to discern because the person that you're just pouring into that you know is appointed is is usually usually really hungry for it and you can tell they desire it you know what I mean and like they have that that desire there Mm -hmm. and when you pour into them you can tell it's like a breath of fresh air and it's so much life and so those ones are easy to discern the other ones that are hard is when you don't like you said when you don't see the fruit you're like, and what and the, and the time I spending with this person, is it even impacting them? Is this doing what God would have me do? Or could my time be beneficial somewhere else? Right. And my answer to that is we're called the plant. We're called the water, but it's God who causes the growth. Mm-hmm. And so the time that you do choose to give to them, number one, make sure you're filled up because you can't give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. But also it's not dependent upon you if they grow. And that'll take the pressure off you if you're aware of that. You're called to, to sow seed. He gives seed to the sower. So what do we do? When we're in relationships like that, whether there's fruit or not, we're supposed to sow seed. And we're supposed to pray about the type of ground that it falls on, which mm-hmm. is their hearts, and, and pray that it's hearts of good soil. But if it doesn't grow, we shouldn't be discouraged and we shouldn't stop sowing seed. Okay. Dalton, thoughts? She said it. She got it. <laughs> she got she it. She nailed it. So, um <laughs> Another thing I would add is that um, there are also some people that you pour into that maybe you're not supposed to see the fruit. Yeah, you're just supposed to pour into it. Yeah, you're just you're just supposed to plant the vineyard, plant the field, and, and you never see it. And you never see it. And I mean, I reached a point of that mindset with a very close person that I'm like still close with right now, but a few, uh, half a year back kind of reached that point with somebody. And I was like, maybe I was never supposed to see the fruit in this. And so like, then you've got to discern whether you were doing it for you or doing it for that person, for the sake of that person. Yeah. Um, so you, you've got to watch your heart in that too. Um, because it's not always going to be uh, a consumer relationship. Yeah. Like, it's not always going to be give and take. It's going to be give. Um, I would advise you not to be just a taker, but sometimes <laughs> you are just a taker. Like, yeah. um, 
it, that's just how it is. But I would definitely be say be mindful of that as well. Um, that's really good. Yeah. There's yeah. A, there's also just some people that like they're hard to love, and the God and God says there are going to be people that are hard love, hard to love, and you've got to love them anyway. Um, and it's not a friendship thing. It's not uh, I'm pouring into you. You're pour, pouring into me. It's solely God says to love you, so I'm going to love you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and that's really good because it. I mean, it really is a choice. And when you said that, it just it just made me think about the fact that if you are doing it with the wrong motive and you're doing it for yourself, you'll quit and you'll quit easy. But if you're doing it for God, even though it's hard when you're in the moment, it's just like you can't escape the fact that you know he's, he's asking you to do this and you're doing it unto him. Yeah. Because when you do it unto him, you get the endurance and you get the equipping. When you do it unto yourself, and it's just a, about somebody either seeing you in a good light because you're doing something for them um, or anything like that, you're going to quit so much easier because it's it's selfish. Yeah. That doesn't, you know, produce anything. Yeah. That's especially true with family. I feel like there's some family that are hard, hard to love. And, like, just we were talking outside just a minute ago. It's like you only get one set of parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you get them, like, you get one set of parents. And they may have a different life, but I know some people that have really put in their all for their parents. Didn't respect them at all, but love them because God said, love this person and like obey your parents. And like just trying to keep that commandment. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it is a choice. Like you're saying, it is a conscious choice. And if you do it for yourself, if you do it for anything other than, heavenly motives like it's it's not gonna work can i share something with you guys like really quick absolutely so i know that we're probably coming up on our time so for our listeners if this is extra long you're welcome um (laughs) (laughs) um so i grew up with my mom my parents divorced by the time i was five i had always prayed what it would be like to have a relationship with my dad and have a good one because i knew that he loved us but his heart wasn't in a very good place at the time and when we did see him we did not get the attention that we needed And he just wasn't at the place to be the dad that I needed him to be. And so I prayed for a long time as a kid, wanting that relationship with my dad and knowing a big part of me is like him. And um, after I finished college, I had already moved out, had roommates. My dad asked me, he was like, hey, would you want to be my roommate? And it lined up so perfectly. And I knew that it was an answered prayer. Um, But there, my dad was still, um, I'm going to be, pretty transparent here. My dad has drank most of my life. He was never an abusive alcoholic or anything like that, but it definitely was the only thing that mattered to him. Um, or at least if it felt that way to us. And so he was still drinking when I moved in with him and I never tried to get my dad to go to church. I never tried to just get him to change. I saw what my mom nagging my, his, his stepmom nagging at him had just pushed him away. And I saw the insecurity and why he did it. With all that to say, there was a time that me and my dad got into an argument. And I was so mad. And for those of you that know me well know that I have to check my attitude. <laughs> because I do want to do the right thing. But checking your your attitude is kind of hard in the moment. Um, yeah. But I remember, I remember what I had heard. And it was talking about the word, talking about you're going to be held accountable for every idle word that you say. And my dad said something that was not true, and it was really demeaning to me, 
And it basically placed the blame for what he was dealing with on me. And I wanted so badly in that moment to go off on him and to tell him all the things that he didn't do that I wish that he did. And I felt the Holy Spirit convict me so deeply in that moment. And I felt so impressed to look at my dad in the face and tell him, I love you and you're a good dad and to mean it because he was the best dad that he knew how to be. And sometimes that doesn't look like what we think that it should. So I hugged my dad and he was drunk and I looked at him and I know that he didn't feel this, but he needed to hear it. And it is true. And I said, dad, I love you and you're a good dad. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be here with you. And there is so much power in words and there's so much power in choice and power in loving people. And I don't say any of that to say hoorah for me. I do that because the power of God, the love of God, it works. And there is a deeper root issue there with people. And that's why I was saying we're called to sow the seed, even if we don't necessarily feel like we see the fruit. Um, and my dad is free of alcohol today. He goes to church with me. He's always Ooh. believed, but he's walking with the Lord. He's spending time in the word every morning. Um, and he even sat in on our small group this past Friday. And I'm, I'm just so thankful. That's awesome. Let's praise God for that. But it's nothing, it's nothing that you, we can, we can do. We just have to live and be obedient to the Lord and trust him. I mean, fully trust him. And we're called to sow the seed, even if we don't want to throw the seed. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you want to withhold the seed you're supposed to pour into somebody because they're not doing what you want them to. But you can't do that. you got to plan it anyway. Yeah. Let me finish with this. Um, so what you did in that moment was suffering with Christ. So you chose to love rather than to spew hate. You chose to speak life rather than to speak death. You chose to... Um, sacrifice what your flesh felt it deserved for what he needed. And that is exactly how Christ suffers. Because Christ, he was persecuted, he was spat on, he was uh, mocked, he was just, you name it. He suffered so that we could live. He suffered so that we could experience life. And when you forgive somebody in a moment and you decide to love them instead, you are suffering with Christ. And the Bible promises that when we suffer with Christ, we all are also glorified with Christ. And I mean, that's not the heart motive to be glorified, but it's something so, so just it's unspeakable the feeling that you get when you suffer with Christ. Because in that moment, you realize that suddenly you're in communion with him. And that you, you're you feeling what Christ feels. You're feeling what God, you're doing what God wants to do. You are ex- experiencing what God experienced. And so you're in communion with him. You're in better relationship with him. And so... For me, realizing that, that helped me relate to my Heavenly Father in a way that I never had. And that was so important for me because I don't have that earthly father anymore. And I never really had a relationship with him to begin with. And so God knows exactly what you need. And we've we've talked about friendship. We've really spoken on family as well. 
But there is also a heavenly father, a spiritual brother, who loves you and who has experienced life the the way that you have, and you're getting to experience life the way that he did when you choose to suffer and when you choose to do what he has called you to do. Um, and that's what pushes us to forgive people. That's what pushes us to have right relationship with people and to pursue those good things that he's called us to. But yeah, so um, guys, we're going to wrap up. But next week, we're going to be talking about relationships and all of the uh, do's and don'ts of that. Mm. I got all the don'ts. Got all the don'ts. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.